Hello, and welcome to the Magic Winks Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together and recap every episode of the Italian Magical Girl series, Winks Club. Oh my god! Hello, and welcome to the Magic Winks Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together and recap every episode of the Italian Magical Girl series, Winks Club. I'm Brendan, and I'm Fairy of the Surging Sea. And I'm Tess, Fairy of the Rolling Stones. Today, we're watching Season 1, Episode 4, The Black Mud Swamp. Gross. In the 4Kids dub, it's called The Voice of Nature. And the original Italian title is The Melmamora Swamp. Uh, Melmamora... I mean... Melmamora is it a works. it's a pun apparently uh it can of course it, is. it can apparently mean like black mire like you know another word for swamp or blackberry apple so two very different types of phone <laughs> uh the italian version of this episode aired february 4th 2004 and the four kids dub aired july 10th of 2004 awesome oh so, uh, just a quick note if i sound any different it's because my recording space has shifted slightly for this episode please uh, don't ask about it uh tess's recording space has been taken over by grandma and a couple of wine ants we don't have any news this week uh so let's jump right into listener questions we have some hallelujah from the same person well, you know what? They count. Every question is important. All right. Our listener questions are from Cassidy at Mad Lobotanist, one of the hosts of Kids and Their Dog, a podcast that both of us have been on. <laughs> I, I completely blanked for a hot second. <laughs> the first question she asked is, are these teens and rabbit competent enough to solve a mystery? I would say yes. Yes, they are. Most of them are. I think five heads are better than one. And even with like their five different personalities and Kiko not having one beside comic relief mascot, <laughs> uh, I think we could work something out. Like Tecna is obviously their Velma. And Stella's the Daphne. I oh guess. Oh my god, I went from... Bloom gets to be Shaggy and Fred. She's the leader, but she's also <laughs> the owner of the bunny. And then I guess Musa and Flora are just here? <laughs> Musa and Flora are two kids who wandered over from Speed Buggy? Wait, who's Flim Flam? Um, hmm. Murda. No, Murda. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to Murda. She's, she's a good character. She's she's a good girl. Who has the most 2004 design out of anyone in this show. But that's why we love her. Oh, uh, what kind of, like, mystery do you think their first thing would be? Like, do you think they would just go right for the g g g g ghosts are real? Or do you think they actually would hit a person in a funny mask? And then they used real magic <laughs> against the person in the funny mask and they all go, oops. Is this just the plot of World of Winks? 
You know what? You're right. World of Winks basically is just a giant Scooby-Doo mystery with some Peter Pan nonsense thrown in. I love me some Peter Pan nonsense. It's my favorite meal of the day. What is Cassidy's other question? Her other question is, what type of magic would you have as fairies? And I guess we should take now to explain what we say at the beginning of each episode. (laughs) So the way we introduce ourselves in this podcast is based on something that they started doing in the Nickelodeon dub, uh, where after every transformation sequence, uh, the given girl will like say who she is and what she's the fairy of. So we get, like, Stella, Fairy of the Shining Sun, because the sun and moon powers uh, get retconned because she barely ever uses moon powers. And Flora, Fairy of Nature. Tecna, Fairy of Huge Nerd. Musa, Fairy of Music, duh. And Bloom, Fairy of, we'll get to that later. Oh, and then, of course, Aisha, Fairy of Waves, Roxy, Fairy of Animals. (laughs) Fairy of Waves! And also Goo, but we don't talk about that right now. Season 2! Season Goo! Season (laughs) 2! Go away! So, you introduce yourself first. I I do. I, since I'm the Fairy of the Surging Sea, I have water powers. Uh, and because I am bisexual and an indecisive piece of crap, I couldn't decide if I wanted sound-based or earth-based, so I chose the pun Fairy of the Rolling Stones. Which can, much like yourself, go either way. Ha <laughs> So I think with that, we are ready to get into our episode summary. Let's do it! This episode was bonkers. We start with the traditional pan of Althea, but... We actually kind of move past it this time and go right for the (laughs) woods, like over the lake and through the woods. It's like someone left their drone shot on a little too long in their their YouTube video. The Winx girls are in class in the middle of a bog with Professor Palladium, who is an elf and also a stereotypical Bishonen. He's very pretty. Today... Instead of their regular civilian outfits, because they're doing an outdoor practical lab, everybody is dressed for sexy safari. Those are so impractical. They're... So much skin is showing and someone's going to get West Nile virus. Yeah, so like, they're... So you know how when people go on, like, typical safari, they've got the, like, the button-up, short sleeve khaki shirt and khakis and hiking boots? Well, mm-hmm. picture that, but made into a romper. Mm. Like a one-piece romper that shows a whole lot of leg. You're still wearing the hiking boots, but they're not going to support your thin little toothpick ankles. <laughs> uh, and Stella has accentuated her outfit with a kicky pith helmet. One other, one or two other girls has that as well. But not in our group. Because Stella is extra. And we love her for it. <laughs> So while Palladium is explaining the uh, lesson plan for the day, one girl speaks up and says, I got fifth by a mosquito. Eh, who cares? Suck it up, Judy. Yeah, Palladium points out that they're in a swamp. And then Becky decides to <laughs> expose her thigh saucily and say, But look where bit me, Professor. Not realizing she's talking to a gay man and his... <sighs> His uh, eye aversion and stammering is more out of 
young lady, please, than anything else. I guess they're intending it for her to be to, to be like, you know, a, oh my, she's exposing her thigh. But really, it looks more like he's like, put that away, Judy. Um. So in the four kids dub, they immediately change everything. Well, of course they do, because they can't have uh, somebody saucily expose her thigh in four kids. Um, during the sweeping pan over Althea into the bog, um, Professor Palladium is allergic to these trees and is also afraid of bugs. So they just made him a weenie. And one gr- the the girl who got bit by the bug is like, hey, um, I'm in the wrong class. I'm from an urban realm. Well, judging by the slang in this dub. And then the girl says that she got bit by the bug. He's like, oh god, a bug? (laughs) I'm going to assume they censored out the bit where she exposes her thigh. No, no, they didn't. Weird. But then again, the the shorts expose where on the thigh she got bit already, so it's not that saucy. Uh, Then Bloom leans over to Stella and goes... For a nature professor, he sure is squeamish. There's a word for that. It's called, like, irony. In the Cineloom dub, Bloom says that it's it's not really f- right that the students give Palladium such a hard time. And Stella says it's his own fault for not being confident. He should be the most confident out of all of them. He's dressed properly for this. Honestly, at least he's wearing actual pants. <laughs> Palladium explains that the field assignment for the day is to listen to the voice of nature, or in more practical terms, we're going to test your survival instinct. If you can't make it out of this swamp, you're not good enough to be in our school. And you're not going to get the merit badge. This does read very Girl Scouts, doesn't it? Yeah. Also, Flora is going to ace this field trip. Oh, yeah. Flora is a druid. She's got survival as a skill proficiency. They're fine. <laughs> the The proper guidelines for the assignment are you have to use, you know, your, your observation skills to figure out how to get to a nearby forest clearing. You have three hours to do it and you can't use any magic. All right. <laughs> And then he's just like, listen to Mother Nature, bye! And he just dips. Yeah, he dissolves into sparkles. In the four kids one, a student actually starts asking him a question, and then he just dips. And I'm like, That's funny. But Professor, what about- So, the Winks immediately wade into the swamp. They immediately decide to become swamp hags. Yeah. When- Like, I understand swamps, marshy ground is everywhere, but did you literally have to decide, let's walk knee-deep into this mud puddle? (laughs) Wade's knee-deep into mud. Oh god, we're knee-deep into mud! Yeah, yeah, Stella says it's gross, and, well, you're the one who decided to go into the mud. Uh, uh, (laughs) kids like, Stella's just like, this is gross, and Musa's like, what about you saying mud is good for the skin? Okay... That's not terrible. Also, I I made a note here that exposing this much leg while wading in swampy water is just asking for leeches. (laughs) Right? I am shocked we did not get a leech reveal. 
Tecna says that the mother standing in is problematic. Which, okay, that's that's a way to say that. But it I only, mean... <laughs> but it's it's like this mud is problematic. There's only one there's only one standardized body type being represented. <laughs> and then she starts casting a spell. What's your technology spell gonna do about this, Techna? Also, she was just told they needed to do this without using magic literally less than a minute of runtime ago. <laughs> this is the equivalent of your parents saying, don't touch that while I'm gone. And then the minute they close the door, your hands are all over their expensive tchotchke. In Four Kids, Tecna decides to explain why the mud is problematic. Why is the mud problematic? Just so you know, these bubbles could indicate that we are standing on the back of a subterranean sludge slug. Instead of being on the back of a subterranean sludge slug, (laughs) everybody takes a minute and realizes that it smells like gas. What I assumed that meant was, oh, it smells like methane. Because, you know, swamps do emit various kinds of gas, right? Right. Well, then, everybody hauls tail out of the mud and dives behind a log. Bloom Which chucks- you can't do. You can't run that fast out of mud. They Jesus their way out of that bog. And then Bloom throws a stick into the mud where it pops a bubble and shoots some kind of neon blue gas skyward. That's not methane. Um... Four Kids actually tells us what they suppose the gas is. What do they suppose the gas is? It's medusal gas. It would have turned us to stone. Hmm. Cleverly censoring the fact that if Tecna had used her magic, which mostly manifests as electricity, they would have all died in a fiery explosion. Jesus, girls, it's the fourth day! (laughs) Dap it! They almost die a lot. It's fine. And then Stella quips in, turn to stone? Talk about being statuesque. Oh, nice, my God. <laughs> nice SAT word. I just wrote down, I'm ha- I was half expecting Techno to use magic Google Maps to find the fastest route out of the swamp. I mean, technology isn't against the rules, is it? <laughs> you know, I feel like that could have been a good joke, is she just pulls a literal GPS out of her pocket and goes, well, he didn't say anything about technology now, did he? Buzz! You voice of nature. And then she would try to use the GPS, but they are so far in the middle of nowhere that there's no way for it to figure out where they are. Buzz! You nature! So, so Techna actually does have to do the assignment properly. <laughs> That's what happens in our rewrite. We cut away from our survival adventure to go to Cloud Tower, and more specifically the Trix's dorm room. And the Trix teleport in, and apparently they used- Ignoring the door. I mean, wouldn't you if you could? I'd teleport everywhere. Uh, But apparently they were skipping class and turned themselves invisible? I guess. But the more important thing is that they are hiding Nut in a closet like he's a stray cat they've decided to feed. 
Let me out. My arm is asleep. There's a fart joke here we're just going to breeze on past. Apparently Nut has made a lot of noise or something, or been, like, really conspicuous in the fact that like, they're not allowed to have pets in the dorm, which is understandable, but Nut is sentient? While the tricks are standing around having this conversation with Nut, the Icy's new pet duck, whose name is Pepe, I don't know if it's ever said out loud, but we're just going to say it now. His name is Pepe, and he starts quacking around Icy's feet for attention, and she chucks it against the wall so hard there's a duck-shaped indent in it. I think the duck's voice changed since the last time we saw it. Yeah, in the Cineloom dub, it's calling her Mummy now, because this was done in Canada. (laughs) Uh, It should be noted that the duck is fine. Pepe is a physical comedy vehicle. Pepe is... The best animal character on the show. Pepe gets abused a lot, but it's all for comedy purposes. He's perfectly fine. Think Jeff from The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. That's literally what Pepe is. He's just a duck version of Jeff from The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. If you don't know what we're talking about, look up Jeff, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Arachnophobia trigger warning. I just want you to love me for who I am, Dad. I want you to be dead! (laughs) So, uh, Nut reveals after this comedy sequence that the nipple troll from episode one is being transported from Red Fountain into police custody. They brought him back? I mean, that's what they did in episode one. They said they were going to take him to Red Fountain for containment. It took you this long to hand him over to the frickin' cops? Two episodes isn't that bad. That's just a few days. Also, um, because they're taking him to the authorities, I assume that he's going to be prosecuted for smell-based crimes. Crimes of the utmost nasal importance. And... When she learns that the troll is probably going to go to trial, Stormy points out if they question the troll and what it was doing on Earth, it's going to blab about the tricks and what they're trying to do. Uh, In the four kids version, Stormy is a bit meaner. (laughs) Well, of course she is. Even though it only has a pea-sized brain, if it gets a mind-reading spell cast on it, we'd find out all about our plan. Okay. Convoluted, but whatever. Uh, Icy then says, uh, Icy comes up with a quick plan. They're going to break the troll out while it's being transported, stage it to look like an accident, and then they're going to literally kill this troll to tie up a loose end. (laughs) A loose end that no one would have cared about. The well, kids watching this certainly wouldn't have. It's We joked for a few episodes in a row that the tricks were going to do a murder, and now they're literally going to do a murder. If they didn't make the troll talk in the first episode, we wouldn't have be in the situation. But no, the troll can talk, so it must die. <laughs> the nipple troll can talk. Kill it. 
well, girls, it looks like our plan's gone tits up. <laughs> I don't remember what led up to it, but Icy at one point says, Ladies, we break enough rules as it is. Skipping class, sneaking out, breaking into Althea. And then Stormy goes, but we're doing it for the greater evil. And then Icy's like, you're right. Nut, what are you doing about this? Like, like she just immediately turns to Nut and starts, like, just ignores that entire thing. Like, why are you being a goody-goody, Icy? Also, they didn't break into Althea. They had Griffin's express permission to do that. The door was unlocked. And honestly, if caught and pressed, at least in the Cineloom dub edition, it seems like that is enough of a thing, like a regular occurrence that the witches will try to mess with the ball, that it's practically part of it. And if it ever got pointed out to Miss Farragonda, hey, there were these three Cloud Tower students on school ground, she would ah. just go, oh, that's part of their usual gate crashing thing. It happens every year. Don't worry about it. Thanks for letting me know. Um, Have fun as a ball. After the after the tricks decide to commit trollhicular homicide, we <laughs> cut away to the specialists in their airship which is soaring above the forests outside of Magics, and I've started taking to calling this the Specialist Saucer. I can almost hear Brandon saying, I can't help but feel like we're about to become relevant again. Also, because I have six-year-old cousins, do you know what this thing reminds me of? What? The freaking spaceship from Little Einsteins. <laughs> Going on a trip in our favorite rocket ship. Uh, isn't it fun being the oldest cousin and the rather, the other ones are toddlers? I wouldn't know. So below deck in the specialist saucer, the nipple troll is in a laser cage, which is a hell of a sentence. <laughs> At one point in Four Kids, Riven just shouts, Woohoo! Our first solo assignment! And I'm like... Then what was that in episode one? Technically, that was Stella calling them for help. So they weren't, like, officially deployed to do that. Ah. And Stella seems to know the four of them. So presumably she specifically contacted probably, like, Sky. I mean, and Sky is the royal one, so they probably have some kind of connection there. And she said, hey, uh... Could you help me and my homegirl out? Because there's a nipple troll that's going to kill us. There's a nipple troll in on Earth? Have you ever been to Earth? We're in Italifornia? <laughs> We're in Romangelis. Can you help us out here? Also, uh, in the four kids, um, you know how there's that bit where the uh, specialist ship decides to do a loop-de-loop -loop or whatever? Did they, did they dub in a whoa? No, uh, Ribbon's just showing off and doing flips and, uh, speeding. <laughs> He's speeding? Speeding. Oh, I guess there is an airspeed limit. God, he's a Those pons. do exist. Yeah, yeah. Heads up, club kids. Riven is Is our least favorite character. <laughs> he's very unpleasant. We're not gonna say we hate him, but we hate him. 
he's not great. If he's your favorite character, why? He's not ours. <laughs> While everybody is up in the cockpit and milling about, uh, Timmy emerges from below deck and says, I just checked on the prisoner. Everything's fine. And then the saucer gets rocked by turbulence. And then I think alarms are going off. And Riven's just like, Guys, it's fine. The sensors don't pick up anything. And then the ship gets slammed again. And it's like, shut up, Riven. Oh, no. The sensors don't detect anything, he says, right before they start plummeting out of the sky. God, he's a ponce. Conveniently, the airship flies over the Winx's heads as it's on its way to crash. And they start chasing after it because they know it's a red fountain ship. Meanwhile, on Dagobah. Honestly. (laughs) Uh, So, like, we reach the crash site, and fortunately, everyone's okay. Uh, Flora asks, is everyone okay? And Riven makes a snide remark. And then Musa gets hearts in her eyes. Musa, no, he's a tool. Musa, why? Musa, you could do so much better. Musa, you're going to get a girlfriend in season two, we promise. Just wait like two seconds. Wait another, how many, 20 or so episodes? You'll meet Aisha. You're going to love her. This is not a canon thing. This is just a ship. But they have an incredible amount of chemistry, seconded only by, like, Bloom and Stella. (laughs) So while Musa gets hearts in her eyes and starts getting a crush on the wrong person, <laughs> uh, Sky notices that there's been a hull breach and the troll escaped. And when Riven tries to say, well, at least it's handcuffed, Sky picks up the handcuffs. <laughs> Guys, the troll is loose and broke out of his handcuffs. Hey, girls, why are you in the swamp? Yeah, yeah, Brandon realizes, hey, it's kind of weird to find the five girls we know in the middle of nowhere. And Bloom explains that they're on a survival assignment. Um, in four kids, Brandon is trying to cover up that, no, we weren't transporting a troll. It was a, it was a special. And then Sky just blurts out, hey guys, the troll got away. I don't know why they'd be trying to cover that up. Me neither. So when Bloom says that they're on assignment, Riven tries telling them to go back to class because the specialists can handle it. And then Stella makes a great jab asking when exactly the specialists are going to show up. And then, and then, in four kids, you just hear Musa off to the side just go, aw snap. They, they did add in an aw snap. After Stella delivers that sick burn. Yeah, and after Stella delivers her sick burn, Riven goes to hit her. God. Yeah, he literally, like, raises his hand up into her face with, like, a finger on her nose. And it looks like he's about to, like, backhand her. And Stella's just thinking, don't touch me, I can buy your family. Please do. (laughs) Go to work in the sun mines. What? What? I don't know. It's the first thing I can think of. 
and going to work just... in the sun mines. It's a very clever euphemism for we're going to throw you into the sun. Um, I also just wrote down, uh, God, I hate Riven. Okay, so after Riven raises a hand to Stella, Sky diffuses the situation and in a more polite and tactful way states, you guys are doing a school thing. You should probably- You're also doing a school thing. You guys are doing an assignment. Maybe focus on that and we take care of this. And then Riven gets all up in arms that uh, Sky has the nerve to be nice. The girls are rightfully put off by Riven being a fucking ponce. Yeah, there's like three more Althea students materialize out of nowhere just so one of them can ask (laughs) who the hell Riven is. And then he takes, like, one last jab before the boys go to hunt down the troll. And here's where I have a note. Now, Riven does have a reason for his behavior. I can tell you that part of his deal, and I know that they say this in the comic books, because the comic books have been going since the show started. And there's a lot of weird stuff that happens in the comics. But... Uh, The comics point out that, at least in comic Riven's backstory, he was abandoned by his mother when he was very young, which is why he has so many issues with women. And that will become very apparent, like, later in this season when he starts doing something very naughty. I guess being abandoned by your mom would give you a lot of issues with, like, trusting women. But, like, he's just such an odious scoff about it there's your three cent word of the day kids odious i thought we got it earlier with statuesque well we get one in universe and one out of universe hurrah as far as i'm aware this thing about riven's mom is never actually stated in the show so his jerkish behavior is never given a justification he's he's just just like this Remind me why we're friends again. (laughs) So Stella wonders if the Winx should join the boys hunting down the troll, since she and Bloom have personal experience with it. And Flora's just like, nah, the troll will find us soon enough. Let's just try to get a good grade. Tecna is the first to point out that something odd is going on. She points to the hull breach and says this was pretty obviously open from outside. So the troll didn't break out after the crash. It was purposefully set loose. And something that I like is after she figures this out, she goes to explain to the guys what happened. And they actually listen to her. Also, um, Sinalum Techna says the word fuselage weird. (laughs) Of course she does. She says, like, fuselage. (laughs) Gross. And while Tecna is explaining to the boys what happened, she also points out that the handcuffs... Now, she says they were psychically locked, but that's weird. So I'm going to assume the original Italian dub said, and what was meant was, they are magically locked and only someone capable of doing magic could get them off. 
That's kind of what I got from it, but it was it was it was a weird line. Bloom makes a survival check, gets a fifteen, and notices a set of troll footprints leading away from the crash site. <laughs> and Musa realizes that the footprints are act like they actively get shallower as they go on, and then they disappear entirely, even though it's marshy ground. So that should be impossible. Um, in the four kids version, while Musa is noticing that, Stella's just like, it looks like he has size 30 feet. And then Musa's just like, they get lighter as they go on. And Stella's just like, I wonder how he buys shoes. Do they make shoes that size? I like that Stella goes off on a little side thought while, you know, the others are doing something. But in the Cineloom dub, she's just making weight jokes about the troll. (laughs) Feet the size of an ocean liner. It's like he went on a hyper-advanced weight loss plan. Or, Musa points out, it's like the troll started to fly. <laughs> and because trolls can't do magic, that's another sign of outside interference. At this point, the girl's hand is forced, and they decide to help track the troll. Because the boys are just not agreeing with each other. Tecna starts complaining that the whole voice of nature thing is a bunch of hooey and useless to her, even though uh, it's all about like trusting your gut instincts and noticing things around you. Uh, so I guess Tecna is just too glued to her phone. <coughs> I'm you so sorry. like a boomer. Are you okay? I, I, I don't know what came over me. In Four Kids, Musa just says, If I ever say I want to hang out in a swamp, remind me that I really hate swamps. That's a... That's a clunky line. I know. Bloom then points in a random direction and says, Hey, my jellies are telling me we need to go this way. And Flora says, Hey, Bloom's the main character. She's probably right. (laughs) Tegna says, I hope we won't regret this. And then immediately smash cut to the boys being strangled by a devil's snare. In the Cinelum, when Tecna's like, I hope we don't regret this, she just called, and four kids just calls out, Yoo-hoo, nature, I'm listening! I hate it. Um, I have the note down for this scene as the boys almost get killed by a tree. Yeah, they are bound by vines and being strangled. Mostly they're being slowly crushed. Yeah, don't don't breathe out, guys. That's how a constrictor works. And Timmy says this weird line in the Sinaloom dub where this couldn't be the work of an animal. No animals could live here. There's nothing to survive off of. So what I can assume from this is Timmy does not know the important role swamps and wetland ecosystems play in maintaining environmental stability save your local wetlands children (laughs) i literally have this noted as a save the wetlands psa (laughs) and as timmy yells for help for help nobody hears him so rest in peace boys ah we hardly knew ye back with the girls who are kind of wandering through the swamp trying to figure out where this troll went following bloom's jellies flora says (laughs) everyone stop and be very quiet. This plant, which looks like a, a Venus flytrap, kind of, 
this plant is attracted to noise and it's carnivorous. And Stella's immediately like, I don't believe you. Yeah, Stella starts making as much noise as she can and is absolutely shocked when she gets yanked into the air by her ankles by the same kind of vines that are currently killing the specialists. This is like somebody saying, okay, kids, this is avalanche territory. Nobody make any loud noises. And then Stella starts banging pots and pans (laughs) and immediately gets swept away by an avalanche (laughs) going, how could I have seen this coming? I ain't gonna sleep because of you. You're never gonna sleep because of me. (laughs) This is so dumb. Be quiet. They hunt by sound. Fuck you. Ah! Basically. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) When I called this thing a devil snare earlier, I was not really joking because it turns out the way to escape this thing's grasp is to just be very quiet and very still. Presumably. Um, Yeah. Now, presumably why this lets you go is... So the part of the plant that looks like a Venus flytrap, I can only assume that the vines exist to... Ah, no, never mind. That's a little too grim. Like, the vines kill the prey, and then that part of the plant eats it. And so by playing Um, dead, you can avoid the plant? But uh, What I would think is that, I guess the more you'd struggle, the more it would try to drag you towards the open maw of the not Venus flytrap. It likes its meal it likes its meal to be seasoned with terror. Thankfully Stella does take the advice this time, and then the devil snare lets her go and she falls through to the game of wizard chess. Oh, I mean uh she gets covered in mud and is embarrassed. I feel like this kind of thing where Stella gets dirty is going to be a running gag. So after they get past the first stage of angry carnivorous plants, they find the boys. And Flora's like- the second stage of angry carnivorous plants. So Flora does a stage whisper to, stay still. And then Riven starts going, oh yeah, be quiet. That's great. Don't want to interrupt this thing's meal. And And then he gets crunched. He gets crunched and- Unfortunately, does not break his spine. Flora casts Commune with Plants and is able to talk the plant down as though it's startled and not like this is what it does to eat. I guess they just don't teach magic botany at Red Fountain. Too busy doing manly things, I guess. (sighs) The specialists get let go and Brandon starts to flirt with Bloom Because I guess he just doesn't have a right place right- Well, no, he's a teenage boy. He's gonna take every chance he can. All of the blood got pushed towards his genitalia. I think this might just be a case of it's- There is not enough blood in his brain for him to think rationally at this point because he almost died. I almost got killed. You fight good. (laughs) Hi, Bloom. I just got asphyxiated. You're pretty. At this point, doesn't- (laughs) I have a note. Is Ribbon racist? Sexist? The way Ribbon says that he refuses to work with fairies is basically the same tone of I don't want to work with girls, icky, gross cooties. So this is a sexism moment. Okay, because I'm like, 
It was just weird. Um, magic humans are magic humans, be they fairy or witch or specialist. <laughs> be they fae or otherwise. We'll see later that you can choose to be a fairy or a witch, so I assume this goes for any person with magical potential. And then they come across a large body of water. And I guess for some reason, I don't think they ever stay, state why they start rock hopping to cross this yeah, body of just, water. Just walk around. Also, uh, <laughs> Techna, um, I only wrote this down because she said it in a very weird way when they're, when she's jumping across the, um, potential stones. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys, it's fun! Like Miss Frizzle trying to get you to go into the frickin' volcano. Lily Tomlin would make this so much better. Oh my god, can we get Lily Tomlin to, uh, be techno now? Well, no. Obviously, Kate McKinnon is techna, and then her older sister who's going for a PhD is Lily Tomlin. <laughs> also, in the Cinelum dub, techna says the pieces of turfs to describe what they're hopping on, which are, you know, like little patches of solid ground. So Sky is the one who starts out with the rock hopping, and Timmy just kind of fails and falls right in the water. Riven complains that Timmy's holding them back and there's these stupid, stinky girls. And Brandon is like, okay, shut up. We're tired of it. And then Riven picks a fight with him. And Sky says, as soon as we're out of here, you're off the team. And now we get a little bit of weirdness in the Sitaloom dub. You're just Prince Sky's yes-man, Brandon. Why don't you go clean up his stables? Yeah, Riven's voice actor not only stuttered on that line, they left it in. Like, a voice actor flubbing that- No, no, do you know what that means if they left it in? That it was his best take. But he said it after, um, Brandon was like, look, you're being rude. Stop it. Oh no, oh no, 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 no. He doesn't say you're being rude, he says you're insulting, as though that's a thing humans say. (laughs) You're insult. did he say you're insulting or you're insulting me? No, just- just you're insulting. No direct I mean, object to that sentence. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Riven is insulting. And then afterwards, Prince Sky is like, yo, shut up. We need to do this. And Riven begrudgingly respects authority. This is also where I first noticed it. So let's talk about the episode's major animation error. Underneath their uh, safari rompers, the girls have a color-coded shirt. Yeah. And Flores keeps changing between red and green. I mean, is she the one with the most animation errors of the series? Because we're up to two now. No, last episode was Bloom with the animation error. They have the same bangs. No, 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 no. The, um, the f- when um, Flora transforms and her wings aren't there. Oh, yeah, so I guess this does bring us up to Flora having the most consistent animation errors with two. 
Also, it's kind of weird because the the shade of red that her shirt keeps being miscolored. Since I assume green is what they're intending, it's the same shade of red as Muse's undershirt. But their character models look nothing alike. So I don't know. Like, even before you color anything in, Musa has pigtails and different eye shape. Flora has bangs and long hair. I don't know how you would confuse them. It's all a bit confusa. You know what the sad thing is? I actually kind of want to laugh at that a little bit. And while they're... I'm still... Still, I'm wondering why they're not just walking around the dang thing. So they they start... They keep hopping across the chunks of solid ground. But then they start moving. And at first I thought, oh, are they actually, like, on the backs of some kind of... Yeah, I thought it was turtles. Because I think it's Tecna who says, I don't think there's... These are regular pieces of turf. I think these clumps of dirt are moving. I thought the same thing. We can all stop thinking. They are moving. Yeah, I thought there was going to be a turtle reveal. But no. Instead, something incredibly arbitrary and I believe impossible happens. Which is there's a whirlpool in this landlocked body of water. Yeah, like where did this come from? Like, normally you would think, oh, are the witches doing this? No, they haven't shown up since they decided to kill the troll. So this is a completely natural swamp whirlpool that only exists for a conflict point. They haven't shown up since they made the pact to kill the troll! So everybody manages to parkour out of danger except for Timmy, Tecna, and Riven. Riven falls in the swamp and starts getting sucked in, and... Tecna, because she's a good person, immediately tries to grab him. She gets pulled in, and Timmy grabs Tecna. And then Timmy gets grabbed by Brandon and Bloom, and Brandon and Bloom pull all three of them out of the water together. And and here's where I notice a weird animation error. Is it just me, or did Tecna's head get bigger for a hot second? It was probably a failed perspective thing? (laughs) Her, Her head's not big, it's just in the foreground. After being saved, instead of saying, thank you for saving my life, Riven complains that they lost time. Here's what I have to say about that. We are in the Can middle of- Can someone toss Riven back in the swamp? Well, yeah, see, we're in the middle of nowhere. Nobody knows we're out here tracking a troll. For all they know, we're still on our school assignment and still taking the troll to magics. So, we take Riven- we push him underwater. We hold him there until the bubbles stop coming up. <laughs> then we say he got eaten by a swamp monster and we take the secret to the grave. He got eaten by the subterranean sludge slug! Unfortunately, no, they don't bury Riven in a shallow, boggy grave. <laughs> it's a peat bog! He'd be mummified! Which would actually leave in a, a startling amount of forensic evidence, so it's probably a good thing. <laughs> But All right, so they they start hearing screaming once they get onto dry land, dry-ish land. We're still in a swamp, and turns out that the trouble is nearby, terrorizing three the same three Alfia students who materialized earlier to reprimand Riven. 
and uh, their leader, who's this girl with like a short brown bob, gets a name, and it's Amaril. She's actually going to be a minor recurring antagonist who has beef with Stella specifically. The troll is licking its lips, so it is presumably going to eat them. Or, in a less savory series... Nope, nope, nope. Cutting that out of the the show right now. (laughs) This goes on the editing room floor. You're probably going to leave it in with this rant in there, but I don't care. Cut it out. (laughs) No, they're literally going to be consumed by the troll. Sky... No, wait. Yeah. Sky starts strategizing. The Winks are going to distract the troll. Brandon and Timmy are going to subdue it, and then Sky and Riven will cuff it. Um, in Four Kids... Phase one, the girls distract the troll. And then Stella goes, I hope the troll eats the girls is in phase two. (laughs) Phase one, the girls distract the troll. Phase two, uh, phase three, troll captured. The second episode in a row we've made that joke. All right, so the plan gets kicked off. And it actually seems to be working for a quick second But because it's got, like, Timmy and Brandon take the troll out by going for its legs. But because we have enough runtime left, it's obviously going to go wrong. Yeah, the the troll just kind of throws Riven and Sky away and then hot foots it into the swamp. And Amaril, ungrateful Uh. that she and her friends weren't eaten, says that the specialists must specialize in botching things up. And then they giggle and run away. I hope they were almost killed. I hope she finds the plant that is attracted to noise and she does her snide little giggle and then it eats her. But I hope it doesn't eat her friends because one of them is my favorite background fairy. Her name is Francine and she's great. The four kids um, has gives um, Bloom and Stella some lines for when they're distracting the troll. Oh boy. Hey there, uh, big guy. Remember us? Well, don't be a stranger. Get over here and pass out hugs. What? Yeah, they. I think they actually... Stella actually does say that, hey, remember us to the troll, because, you know, he would. But then it, that, that just, just got weird. I just pass out hugs was weird. <laughs> that is an odd choice. Uh... So also, where are the specialists' weapons? Probably they didn't bring them with, since you know this this was a transport mission only. They probably should still have some form of defending themselves in the very slight chance something goes wrong. But eh, the the boys exist here to be useless. See, that's what I like about this show. Boys exist just to be boyfriends. So, or villains. Uh, so, uh, Brandon goes off to sulk. And Bloom tries to be nice and say, hey, you guys did okay. And the Brandon's like... The only thing we really do well together is argue. Yeah, they don't work together as a team because Riffin is a giant reeking pustule of a human being. And he's actively bringing the entire group down. You're right. Honestly, from what we see, when it's just Sky, Brandon, and Timmy collaborating, 
they get some pretty good ideas going. And then Riven is just there to say, no. So, um, I sure cannot wait until we get a fifth specialist in season two. Spoiler, we get a fifth specialist in season two. Spoiler, he's literally there to become a boyfriend. So the 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 boys patch things up and say, okay, we can work together. Even though Sky and Riven nearly got into a fist fight because Sky's like, hey, you're the one who's dragging us down, and Riven's like, girls, shut up. Yeah, so everybody decides, okay, let's go find that troll. Also, uh, Timmy is the one who basically stops the boys from arguing, and Tecna has caught a case of the heterosexual. Stop it! Stop it! Can't we all just get along? Oh no, he's hot. Oh no, wait, it's... Do you know what this is? Huh? Do you know what this is? Oh, now he's hot! No, no, no. No, same series, but no, this is... No, people. Violence is not the solution to our problem. Oh, so now the talking cheese is gonna preach to us! And then, the specialists set aside their differences and rock the bubble bowl. In the gloomy depths of the swamp nearby, the tricks are baiting the troll they're they've said that they've put down some sort of scent to attract it um in four kids it is named as fume de doom they're fume de doom perfume and i'm like fume to die in a hole i mean somebody had fun with that (laughs) nobody who watched it but the person who wrote it had fun with it (laughs) stormy is apparently the anxious one of the tricks which kind of makes sense when you consider she's also the angry one and she's the energetic one my god she probably has adhd i mean she's got storm powers so she's probably like yeah she's probably hypercharged at all times that's why her hair is so big it's full of static (laughs) that's why her hair is so big it's full of anxiety (laughs) <laughs> me so when stormy is worried that the plan isn't going right icy counters and very specifically says i never hatch a plan that isn't worth it she said the magic word and pepe shows up and starts trying to win her love it was hatched from a plan she had ah. and icy just rolls her eyes freezes Pepe in an ice block, but somehow his little feeties are free and he just kind of wanders off. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. That was intense. The troll finds the tricks and they congratulate him on a job well done. And I guess in like terrorizing the specialists and the Alfia students. And then they say, we're sorry, but We do need to tie up loose ends. But instead of graphically murdering him with ice shards, uh, they send him to the Shadow Realm. In the Sinaloom version, it is said that he gets sent back to Oblivion or to Oblivion. In Four Kids, they straight up just say Limbo. 
oh, so I guess the troll is going to go to Limbo, and then he's going to repent for all of his sins and climb purgatory in the hopes of reaching heaven. I mean, that's what I'd do. But I swear, if this was a more graphic show, they literally would have just murdered the troll and then vanished the corpse. After they form a magic circle and just eviscerate the nipple troll, the tricks just dip. Because their 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 job here is done. They did the murder they set out to do. <laughs> they did their murder. No, there's no evidence except the voice of nature. You said that in a very Sam the Eagle tone of delivery. <laughs> so the uh the other characters who have been named so far wander into the clearing-ish area that the tricks were in. They can feel the negative energy left behind by the murder. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a stone tape theory. Those trees have seen stuff. Though, I mean, there is a certain internal logic here that dark magic would leave behind some sort of noticeable vibe. And uh, so the girls put all of the evidence together. They present the right in order to the judge. And then Icy gets sent to jail after pulling her hair out. <laughs> that was a bad Phoenix right? a joke attempt. They find um, a couple of Pepe's feathers on the floor. And for some reason, even though they've never seen it, they know, wait. Isn't this the duck we gave Icy? Is is it? Yeah, how would you how would you know? Flora says Icy's duck with such conviction. And while she is the one who enchanted that egg to hatch into an annoying duck, did she did she How does she know what, what the it, teen fairy spell of the month did? Was there a was there a picture of here is the annoying purple duckling that will harass your enemy for all time? <laughs> or until the writers forget about it? <laughs> That's what I want my epitaph to be. <laughs> the annoying duck who will harass your enemies for all time and or until the writers forget about it. Yeah. After they've sort of figured out that the tricks are there, um we get uh, at the what very is... least at the very least, they know Icy is involved, but they have no idea why. Um, we find out that this is totally a group project in high school because everyone's name's on the assignment, but only one or two people do the actual work because they're just following Flora and Bloom out of there. Well, like I said, we've got a druid and a main character, so we really <laughs> can't go wrong. Then again, both of those things seem to be pointless because there's a scene transition, it's nightfall, so the three-hour time limit is definitely up, and there probably should be a search party out looking for the winks. No, don't worry, the camera follows them, they're fine. The boys, in their repaired dropship, uh, drop the girls off, and for some reason Professor Palladium and the class are still standing there, waiting... <laughs> And they've been waiting all day. Oh, good. We were so worried about you. You all failed the assignment. Palladium says he was keeping an eye on all of the teams during the assignment, probably so he could intervene 
but obviously not because if Amaril and Amaril and friends were almost eaten by a troll, and he presumably let's just saw see that. How they go? Yeah, yeah. It's let's see um, how this works out. Also, um, when the um when the uh. In four kids, when the uh, specialists leave, Stella just shouts out, "Later, Tater!" And I'm like, "What?" I mean, it's a four kids dub, so there's unnecessary teen slang everywhere. Even though "Later, Tater" is more of like elementary school slang, or something that I'd hear my grandma like. It's either very young or extremely outdated. Yeah, really. Uh, Palladium says that, okay, you guys did get last place, but you did make excellent decisions along the way. You demonstrated your survival of skills, so I'm not going to fail you for this assignment. Consider it a test run. And the other curls are like, what? Yeah, Amaril complains that the wings are being congratulated. Again, they saved your life, Amaril. You were almost troll chow, Amaril. We we cut away from this and we get a less than one second long establishing shot of Red Fountain. It went by <laughs> so fast, I had to make sure that there wasn't <laughs> something wrong with the YouTube video. No. I had to make sure you weren't hallucinating. Yeah, it is literally a blink and you'll miss it establishing shot of Red Fountain. So we're not even going to tell you what this school looks like. Because odds are, you missed that. <laughs> odds are, we didn't have enough time to write it down. Look, I do my notes on my lunch break. That's only an hour. The dropship is in its repair bay and being, like, serviced by the school's, like, automated repair systems, I guess. Because boys go to sci-fi school, not magic school? Or science magic school? Smagic? Mayans. Techn Techna applied for Red Fountain and Alfia. She got accepted to both of them. She just decided to go to Alfia. The the specialists have a little conversation here, but the 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 takeaway is, well, boys, today we learned a little bit about each other and a and lot a of bit about, bit about life. life. Um, I make a note that Sky asks to stop being called Prince because he said it makes him feel old. Which is weird. <laughs> and then the last scene of the episode is just, Hey, Stella, are you still awake? Yeah, Bloom, what's up? Good night. Uh, good night. Like, what was that? Oh, no, no, no. See, it, it exists for one reason. And it's to establish that Stella is starting to get a little bit of a crush on Skye. But the way they do this is, Bloom says, Good night, Stella. And then Stella, half asleep, Practically moans goodnight sky. Ugh. Okay. So. The reason I let you go on to the end without cutting in is because I have way more notes for the end of this than I do for the end of the Cinelum dub. So does four kids just pack a whole bunch in in this part? In this yes. last scene? Um. After... The girls get back from their fun time, let's find a troll chick. Palladium says, your group is by far the last to get here, so you get zero for punctuality. However, 30 points for generosity, 25 for initiative, 40 for courage, and 50 for your ability to listen to the voice of nature makes your score the highest in the class. 
So it's and, Gryffindor winning the house cup at the end of Philosopher's Stone. Got it. And and then one of the girls is like, what? But they were the last. And then he's like, I never said it was a race. Sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I guess the real assignment was the troll we hunted <laughs> along the way. I guess the real assignment was the crushes we formed along the way. I guess the real um, assignment and- was the dream Stella's gonna have about Sky tonight. And then, um, uh, and then we cut to Red Fountain and the boys are complaining that they're gonna be on stable duty as punishment for letting the troll get away. And there's apparently one very ornery griffin. And at the end of this, while they're all giggling about the griffin being ornery, Sky quips in with, Remember that time Marcus had to climb into the digestive tract of a dingledip beast? Excuse <laughs> me? You're just gonna throw that away? Also, there is an ornery griffin, and she's the headmistress of Cloud Tower. <laughs> and then, and then, they moved the frickin' end Winx Club conversation from the end of episode two to now. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. And Bloom is just like, you know, I think we should find a, think of a name for our little group. And and Techna's like, I agree. A group name would make it highly efficient. And then Stella blurts out with, why not call ourselves the Wonder Five? The Stella Five? The Power Troop. <gasps> oh, how about BSMTF? Beauty, style, magic, taste, and flair. It's our initials. Is that a witch joke? I don't know. Hold on, I I need to. I need to. I need to. You just hold on to your hat. And the best thing is, Musa immediately shuts it down by like, no, that's dumb. Hold on. Hold on. When did witch air? No, it couldn't have been. Uh, According to Wikipedia... Witch's first episode was December 18th, 2004. And yeah. this episode, the 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 four kids dub was in July. Did what? they know which was a thing? <laughs> I And the, I, uh, and then um Bloom pulls out like the little drawing that she be like, "Here, I even made a logo." And then Techno's just like, so our name is Winx. Even better. We're the Winx Club. End theme. That's it. That was really weird. I mean, I guess it makes sense to postpone the naming of the group until they've had at least two adventures. Right. Instead of Bloom going... So I just met you all like a day ago. Hey, we're the Wings Club met now. You. <laughs> You're my co-protagonists now. What? What? Simba. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, episode four. All right. So now it's time to do our shout out to the Jake and Josh crew. What is the best moment <laughs> Our shout in out to the, the Jake and Josh crew. Jake and also Josh. Yeah. 
our, our shout out to Hey Jake and Josh podcasts. Um, what is the best moment of the episode? Um, can it be when Riven almost died? You know, the funny thing is, I do have that in, but I'm saying it's the best because Tecna immediately jumps to save Riven, even though he's a tool. Let, let's go with that, yes. Um, I'm going to say that the worst is Riven. Yes, me too! Oh my god, we're on the same wavelength! Just Riven in his nasty attitude. I can't believe we have to deal with six entire seasons of this asshole before everyone realizes he's not worth it. <sighs> Who's your MVP? <laughs> Anyone but Riven. I'm going to uh, say that my MVP is Flora because she's the druid and she saved everyone from Devil's Snare. Um... I think I'm going to go with uh, Tecna because she's the one who noticed that the ship got attacked from the outside, which kicked off this entire scenario. Good point. All right. So uh, with that, is there anything else you'd like to add about the episode that isn't We Hate Riven? Oh, I was going to say can Riven die in a fire, but um... I kind of dig Professor Palladium. He's rad. Yeah, he seems like a pretty cool character. One of my... One of the things that I think is so weird about Althea is... They have three teachers? Yeah. Winx Club is, at its core, a very heavy Harry Potter parallel. It's not the same, but it hits a lot of the same beats, weirdly. But in Harry Potter, they have at least six teachers. Yeah, they spend a good amount of time fleshing out quite a bit of the Hogwarts faculty. And, like, off the top of my head, Snape, McGonagall, Trelawney, the revolving door of defense against the dark arts teachers, Professor Sprout, Hagrid, Dumbledore... There's at least seven. And then there's like a handful who get mentioned as one-off characters because they teach classes that Harry doesn't take. Mm-hmm. And and here we have Dufour, Whizgiz, Palladium, maybe Griselda teaches something? Probably not. She's probably just an administrator. And I doubt Miss Farragonda teaches any classes because she's the headmistress. So Althea has three teachers... And then, when we go to Cloud Tower, that's even worse, because they have, like, two named teachers. And I don't even think the Red Fountain has their headmaster. And then there's, I don't think he's actually, like, a professor. I think he's just, like, the Griselda to their headmaster. So the boys don't have any teachers that we know of. Red Fountain's just a self-taught school. That explains a lot about Riven. (laughs) But I think this is a side effect of how limited of a budget they're dealing with. Because this is the first year of an entirely original property from the creator's pet production company with assistance from a children's TV network. And fashion. I, honest to God, I bet they blew most of the budget on getting those designers 
to revamp the show's look. God, this show is a mess. Why is it wonderful? That's kind of going to be the theme for the first four seasons. <laughs> and then it's going to be, God, this show is a mess. And then it's going to get really good again for World of Winks. And season eight is a giant unknown. <laughs> season eight just has a big old question mark over it with who is Mysterion. All right. So I guess that concludes our uh, episode today. We should be back to our regular release schedule. Sorry, last week had a bit weird. Until then, you can find me, Brendan, on Twitter at Sonata Waves, S-O-N-A-T-A-W-A. V-E-S. If you say something to the Twitter, I might be the one who responds to it. There's like You do have a 50-50 chance. <laughs> it's one of us. We're, we both have access. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Pocky Slice. Pocky like the delicious Japanese snack. Slice as in a slice of pie. And the podcast is on Twitter at Magic Winks Pod. Uh, we're starting to get a little bit more proactive about posting. I'm going to do my best to take screenshots and post them. After the episode comes out, I just started putting up stuff from episode two, like the girls' fashion moments. And I'll probably also do a few Uh, more things. If you want to email us for whatever reason, you can email us at magicwinksclubhouse at gmail.com. It's just the name of the podcast, no spaces, at gmail.com. Email us with any questions, comments, or constructive concerns. And also let us know if you might be interested in guesting on the show. We are open to it. Uh, We'd prefer people that we know. There will probably be a little bit of a vetting process eventually once we get more listeners. But for now, the uh, five of you who listen, I'm pretty sure we know all of you by name. So just hit us... Hi, Kirky. Hi, Cassidy. Hi, Alex. This is this is going to age gracefully. <laughs> so until next time, I've been Brendan. And I've been Tess. Meeting adjourned. Open your eyes, open your mind. We are the Winks. Winks, if your hand is holding mine. We can fly through space and time. And together we'll be survived. I can't feel my butt. I've been sitting cross-legged on my bed the entire time and I can't feel my butt.